0: Hello and thank
1: you for listening to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast of Vineyard Church right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can check out our website for more information about our church or find our audio archive with all of our previous messages
0: at www.vineyardchurch.us. You can also subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. My name is Jerry Wagner and I appreciate the opportunity to read scripture this morning. Uh, my wife and I, Amy in the back here on the left, are hosting a core group for what we would call adults who want to come to dinner. It's a, it's an awkward thing to talk about. It's a supper club. We're going to do it once a month and it'll be awesome because Amy's a great cook and we're going to do Bible study together. So it'll be a great time to connect. So if you're looking to get together with folks, uh, of a certain age, like us, it'd be a great group to be a part of. With that, I will read our scripture. And thank you, Chad, for giving me a chapter and a half to read. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm kidding? Here we go. Mark 4, um, chapter 4, verses 1 through 24. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very loud crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon withered under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who had gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you, permitted to under, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. They will learn nothing when they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on, ground, on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Parable of the lamp. <clears throat> then as Jesus asked... I asked them, "Would anyone like a lamp and put it light a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed?" Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where the light will shine. For everything that is hidden will be eventually brought open into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone who hears has ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he said, "Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given." And you will receive even more. This is the gospel of Christ. Thanks be to God. Marathon. Marathon.
1: <laughs> Man, Jerry, I'm so proud of you. you have, I would have stuttered like 10 times already through that. Um, hey, so typically, um, I'm aware Lindsay's going to be reading my scripture. And when I realized I was making the core group leader do it yesterday, I remembered. And I was like, "Oh, I feel so bad. Lindsay has um, had the privilege of missing every time I put long scripture there, and really, I really just put long scripture down for her to read all of it, Um, because she does that to me. Um, The only issue, it hasn't happened yet, where she's actually had to read it, and this was the first time where it was like, oh, I want all of the chapter. I don't just want one parable today, I want two, you know? Because you can never get enough of it, right? Um, um, But hey, uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that, um, at least in the last two months, I've been asked this a ton. As um, as um, Lindsay says, I mention this every week. I'm not allowed to say it, but as I'm leaving, um, I've been asked this question a lot, and that is, how do you grow in the kingdom? How do you grow in kingdom ministry in particular? And so today we're going to kind of talk about that, but let's pray real quick. Um, So Jesus, um, thank you for silence. Father, we pray today that you would give us understanding Father, I pray today, even if not understanding what I think you do by these stories you tell, which oftentimes seems confusing, is you get us to start asking questions. And so, Father, I pray today that you get us to start asking questions, the questions that you want us to be asking about our lives. And, Father, teach us to be seekers of these questions we have. Don't let us just hold them in our hand, but, Father, allow us to seek you. Allow us to seek your kingdom And we pray today here amongst us, Lord, that you would show us your kingdom. That you would teach us your kingdom. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Um, Most of you are used to this by now whenever I preach about the kingdom, and it's been a while. So we're going to go over um, how Jesus kind of defines what the kingdom of God is. Typically, I ask a warm-up question, and I wait for you to respond. But I'm going to spare you guys this morning. I get that the rain is out because, really, I'm sparing Justin because he'll be the first one to say it. He always is, and he knows the answer because he's had to sit in his living room numerous times and have me ramble on about the same thing over and over again. Um, But specifically, what we mean by the kingdom of God here is the order of heaven coming to earth. The kingdom of God its God's order. It's his will. It's his way. When Jesus says, when he tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know this in Hebrew poetry specifically, that the second line always defines the first line. If you read the book of Proverbs, it's all over the book of Proverbs. The second line explains the first line, and the first line is, your kingdom come. And what does Jesus, and how does Jesus define that? Your will be done, God, on earth, right here, right now, as it is in heaven, and so that's what Jesus means. That's what the kingdom of God is. Jesus, is, Jesus tells us to pray for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, because there are places of disorder on the earth, right? Jesus, not Jesus, Lindsay, not the same. <laughs> Let me say this: not the same person, but she's got a lot of Jesus in her. That's why I love her. You're welcome. <laughs> Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Um, but, but, But Lindsay talked about the disorder and the chaos of the world, and that's what Jesus is talking about. His will is not for at the end time everything will be taken care of. But right here, right now, he wants his kingdom to break through. He wants his order to come to the disorder of the world. And that's what Jesus taught us to play, pray. And so we know that, that since Jesus taught us to pray, that, that there are some places where his will is not being done. There are some things we just can't attribute to God. God is not the author of evil and chaos. He's the God of order and blessing and abundance. And that's what he gives us in just a small view of your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, is there injustice? No. Not at all. So when we seek justice on earth, we get to restore order to places of injustice. Are people sick in heaven? No. So when we pray for people and they become healed, that's the order of heaven. When doctors do what they do, that's a common grace, and that's in healing people and restoring them back to order. Is there poverty in heaven? No, so when we partner with God and we help take care of poverty with his assistance and with his guidance, we get to help bring the kingdom of God here on earth. Are you guys tracking with me? So heaven is the perfect example of God's order and God's will. If anything is against that order, it's not God's will and it's not of God. And it is the message of the kingdom that about nine years ago that grabbed my heart and changed my life. It's the thing I like talking about the most. It's the reason why I wake up in the morning. It's this kingdom that Jesus demonstrated and talked about all throughout his ministry. And if you guys don't know my story, I wasn't raised in the church. Um, I followed, followed a girl at 19 years old into a King James-only Baptist church, like you do, um, and nothing wrong, love those guys, just disagree with them a lot now. Um, um, and so I learned a few things there. I learned that um, girls weren't allowed to wear jeans, they were allowed to wear um, skirts only. I, I learned also, I couldn't wear a v-neck, um, so that ruined my v-neck phase and totally took me out. I haven't worn one since. I put it on and I'm like, God's mad at me. You, can't, you can do it all you want to, I'm not afraid of that, bless you. I just can't do it. Now it just looks weird to me. Um, Also, what I learned is that um, Jesus did these things, and the Holy Spirit was active, but then he's not anymore. Um, They told me that um, these things that Jesus did, he doesn't do these today because we have the word, and the only thing we need is the word of God. And I was like, well, okay. I don't know anything, right? I wasn't raised in the church, but then over the course of time, I got a sneaking suspicion I didn't believe that, I got a sneaking suspicion, I was this charismatic that they hated, but let me tell you, no charismatic experience in my life, nothing at all, um, and so uh, I left that church, and then I was finding my way, I was like, I believe in this stuff, I don't know where to land, so I kind of land at the vineyard like you do, like you guys have, um, And I started to learn about the kingdom. The pastor over at uh, Maryville, Aaron McCarter, told me about the Steve Nicholson guy. I checked into his podcast, and he just had a conference on the kingdom of God. And I was like, yes, I'm going to learn so much. And it wasn't Steve. It was a guy by the name of Jordan saying, who you guys know I quote all the time. In fact, anything I really say is a mix of Jordan and Jesus. (laughs) And my wife makes fun of me and goes, Chad, did Jordan say that or Jesus and I'm like almost the same thing to me at this point in time in my life <laughs> I have to, have to switch those apart a tad bit um, but he talked about the kingdom of God he explained it in practical terms as it was a gift of God for me and in the midst of listening to all this I believed all this stuff, but I haven't experienced anything. I haven't prayed for anyone in any way. And then about that time, it's been two years since I left, and uh, I had this uh, girl from that Baptist church. I kind of helped raise her. I dated her uh, sister for like three, three years, and she got married, was married for a year, tragic divorce, but she wanted to meet. And so I met her, and um, all the time I'm going through this kingdom stuff. I'm learning about this stuff, and she's telling me about all the things that have happened, just terrible things in that year, um, and this he gets to the point, and I just look at it, I was like, well, have you talked to Jesus about any of this, and she said this, she goes, no, I haven't prayed for two years, I doubt God would even want to hear from me, and you know, I was like, well, okay, cool, I keep on talking, because um, I'm not a very great counselor, I'm working on it, <laughs> um, <laughs> and so uh, basically, we get to the end, and we're walking out, and she goes, I've had this migraine all day. I wish it would just leave. And what I learned from Jordan in the two weeks I've been listening to his podcast is that you put your hand on the place where it hurts and you tell it to go away. Don't ask God to do it because he's empowered you. You do it. And I'm like, okay, well, hey, do you mind if I pray for you? Um, And she looked at me like I had three heads. She goes, pray what? Oh, can I lay my hand on your head and command your head migraine to go away? And She almost died, but out of love and trust for me, she's like, go ahead. So I lay my hand on her head. I go, in the name of Jesus, migraine, go away, amen. And she goes, okay, thank you. See you later. She gets in the car. I had no guile attack back then, guys. I was learning. I don't have any still, but I'm working on it. Um, But she just um, eventually, about 15 minutes down the road, I'm feeling dumb, feeling stupid. I'm like, Jesus, I believe this, but that sucked. I don't want to do that again. Nothing happened. She walked away. And then 15 minutes later, um, she just texts me as I'm driving down the road. And she goes, hey, my migraine's completely gone. And I was like, huh. It worked. (laughs) Um, What? And in that moment, it wasn't like, yes. In a moment, it was God reminded me of her words. It was, um, I haven't prayed, no, I haven't prayed in two years. I doubt God would even want to hear from me. And what I learned and what Jesus taught me about the kingdom of God that day is that his, it's his compassion and love breaking through to the broken parts of our places. And God used an idiot who didn't know what he was doing in that moment to say, no. I see you, and I want something to do with you. And it was that moment I was hooked. It was, I'm going to spend the rest of my life teaching and demonstrating and doing this kingdom stuff. Now, that doesn't mean I was going to pastor or plant churches. It didn't matter the vocation that I was going to do. It was just I was going to spend my life doing this and influencing others also to do it. That was me that day. I learned if I was going to learn and grow in the kingdom of God, that I would have to minister the kingdom. And if you have to minister it, that means you have to know it. And if you're going to teach it, that means you have to really know it, right? And so I learned to grow in the kingdom, you have to do it, but then you have to influence others along the way. And let me tell you, if you join Vineyard Springbrook, this isn't just a normal community. This is a ministering community. If you ended up here, it's not just the pastors that do the work. It's us together, And that's what makes us so powerful in the kingdom. Because the truth is, guys, I just got a few gifts. Lindsay just has a few gifts. Gifts. That's why God gave us the body, because together we have all the gifts working and flowing together. We just don't need a few. We need all of y'all. Like, all y'all. Does that make sense? Um, We need every person in this room to learn what their gift is, to learn how to walk in it, and to exercise it. And so, do you think that's true, that in order to grow in the kingdom, you have to minister and influence others? I I think so. And let me put a little edge on it. Um, Let's say you're having a terrible time in life. Let's say you are exhausted and burned out. Should you minister your way out of it or retreat? Should you minister your way out of it or should you just retreat? I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to let you guys sit with that. Um, That's from the Holy Spirit. But in these last few minutes, I just want to reflect on the parable that we talked about today. And that is, how do we grow in the kingdom? And I think Jesus tells us, in the parable, Jesus is talking about the message of the kingdom, the main thing he is teaching and demonstrating throughout his life. That is the word of God that Jesus is referring to when he says this, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The question is though, Do you receive it well and let it grow or not? And he uses soil as type of people to do this. First, he says, if you have hard soil by the path, that the message of the kingdom doesn't even penetrate your life. It just bounces right off from you and you don't even notice. The second one, he is talking about sallow soil. The ideal here is that you hear the message of the kingdom and actually receive it, and it sort of starts to grow but as soon as any conflict or turbulence comes, it just dies. It, it blows away. It gets wiped out. The third one, he is talking about soil which looks good and open. It's enthusiastic. It receives the message of the kingdom. And good things start to grow, but at the same time, so do bad things. And there seems to be a competition between the good and the bad. And instead of the good winning out, the bad wins out. You get choked out by competing interests. Um, I don't know if any of you... Uh, resonate with this like I do, but the pressure of work, the pressure of schedule, the pressure of life, um, and it just gets choked out. And then lastly, there's the good soil, and what defines it is that it grows, right? It produces a crop. It just doesn't receive. It does something with what it receives. And so, quick question, is it easy to receive the kingdom it's really easy to receive the kingdom. By, by, by that story, almost every soil receives the kingdom. Um, the other question is, um, how, easy it, how easy is it to grow the kingdom in your life? Um, really, the odds are not in our favor. There's a four-to-one chance, right? Right? There's four stories, and, and there's only one. And once the soil grows, it's actually something that takes intention And focus to allow it to grow in our lives. And the odds are not always in our favor. It's not always in my favor. And that is what is challenging about it. It's challenging to produce a crop with it. And Jesus says that producing a crop is the only way for the kingdom's message to survive in you. Right? Plants grow or they die. They don't kind of level out and stay the same. They're either producing and reproducing or they're dying. And we want to be good soil that the message of the kingdom can produce its fruit in our lives. And that's to grow. Growth is the goal. And if you don't grow according to Jesus, you don't even survive. You get stuck in life. And so Jesus is saying that in order to grow in the kingdom, we need to minister the kingdom. Is that? I, I think that's what he's saying here. And it kind of sounds like that to me. But to be clear, that's why I added in two stories of Jesus. Because I think they're connected. I don't think we ever realize the context in which Jesus is teaching in this chapter, but he has one right after another, and I think he's building the thought. And so in verse 21, it says, Then Jesus asked him, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Well, of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into open. And I know that sounds scary. He's not talking about secret sin, but he's... Talking about the good stuff, the goal is to broadcast it, is to take that stuff and broadcast it, not to hide it. And every secret will be brought out to light. Once again, we are not to be these deposit boxes, right, that are locked up and hidden from the world. If God has given us a treasure, we put that sucker on display. We allow everyone to see it. Anyone with ears to hear is to listen and understand. Now, verse 24 is tricky. It says, then he added, pay close attention to what, what you hear, The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive uh, even more. Um, That's a really bad translation by the NLT. Um, It doesn't line up with the Greek. It's not um, getting at the idea of what the Greek is saying. This is what the Greek is saying. Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and more will be added. So the literal Greek doesn't say, the more you understand and hear, but it's saying, the more you use what you hear, right? And that's intuitive to us because we don't really know anything, still we start doing it, right? Right? And that's what the kingdom is getting at that that you have to use it that you that you have to be intentional about it in your life and um, it's really more comfortable and, and I get the reason why we would translate it that way it's a lot more comfortable to hear it and just get more understanding and think that's how you grow in the kingdom but actually you have to use what you hear and what is the kingdom for in our life well I think it's for influencing the people around us it's not to be made to be hidden within us it's be To be made, to be given away to others. This is the biggest use it or lose it teaching there is in the Bible. Either you use the kingdom or you start losing it because the kingdom of God in the kingdom in this world every day is not neutral. There's always a a battle, guys, always. And it's going to be whether we tune in and we use the kingdom, we're open to the reality of it in our lives, or we ignore it and we let. Uh, outside pressures determine our time and what we focus on. And if that is you, um, and you're like, well, no, that's me, that's where I'm at, the pressures of life, everything is getting into my life, and it's distracting me away from the kingdom, um, maybe instead of getting prayer at the end of the service, maybe you're like, okay, who can I pray for? Who can I bless with the kingdom? And you may be like, well, no, I actually have really bad stuff that's wrong with me. okay. But who can you pray for? Who can you bless with the kingdom? Like, let's go back real quick. Jesus says, to those who have, more will be given. To those who have what? What do they have? I'm going to suppose that they got some try, right? Those who have some try will be given more. And you guys know we've used that word around here. Try is how we define faith. Faith is trying. Trying is faith. Failure is not important to us. For true failure... Is when you just don't try. Um, so, in order to grow in the kingdom, you need some try. That those who have some try, that those who are willing to fail and fall on their faces, um, those who are willing to risk, it just by necessity, the kingdom will find you. And it will just add more to you. Um, here's the deal by try, we don't, and faith, we don't mean success. Because here's the deal if that's success, then I suck at this. Um, I'm just going to be honest. I'm not great at it if success is what Jesus means. And I don't think that's what he means. Success is determined by your try, not the outcome of it. And we hang our heads because the outcome isn't what we want. And I think Jesus is like, oh, that's some good try. I'm going to bless that. I'm going to give you more. That's how you grow in the kingdom. So in order to grow in the kingdom, you need some try. Um, At a vineyard conference last year, we are watching a video by John Wimber, and John Wimber is talking about this. Um, He's learning, and John Wimber is the founder of the vineyard, and he says, I'm learning how to do the kingdom, nothing is happening, and I feel like I'm just banging my head against the wall until I get some breakthrough. And then there's this guy who gets up, he walks over to me, and he goes, hey, that's you. I'm like, Thanks. Like, thanks for that word, that's encouraging, I really want that one, like banging our head against the wall until breakthrough, and then I was talking with Jesus about it, and and that's just like, no, my life is defined by try, it's defined by faith, not the outcome of moving in faith, and it is really easy to get stuck and die in life, so we must always be trying, we must always be ministering the kingdom and influence others to go with us. And death, it may not feel like actual death, it may just feel like competing priorities, spiritual or emotional dryness. Or it may be like, well, I would minister, but look at all these obstacles around me or things in me that are not right. I need to retreat. Um, And I think Jesus would say, yeah, go minister your way out out of that. Here's the deal. Jesus, and it's my favorite story, Jesus had a group of guys going into a town, come back. They didn't receive the message, and they go, can we call down the fire of Elijah upon this town? They were like, hey, can we murder these people with the fire of God? And then Jesus rebukes them, and Jesus doesn't say, retreat. Jesus just says, okay, well, let's go to the next town, right? He doesn't say, okay, we're going to put you to the side. Jesus says, all right, well, let's go to the next town. Let's Try again, right? Um, and real quick for those of you that if you're a seeker here, you don't know what you believe about Jesus, and you're not sure about anything I'm talking about, um, I will just encourage you at the end of the service, we're going to pray for people. Come pray for people with us. Because here's the deal. I, I don't know how many people I've seen doubt faith, and they pray for people, and something happens. Um, there's a story. I wish it was mine. It is not mine. Um, but a pastor I know in his core group, they were praying for healing that night. And so, uh, typically, they read scripture on healing, and then they pray for healing. Well, that week, they invited this Baptist pastor who was at his wit's end. He had this terrible neur- neuropathy in his foot, and the doctors had tried everything. It wasn't able to help. So, he heard about these people who pray for healing. He called the pastor. The pastor invited him to his group, and so they're in this group. They are reading these scriptures, but there's this other guy there who's only been there for two months, and how um, he describes him is um, this guy is addicted to drugs. Um, every night he spends nights out at club getting people to go home with him. But he's real interested in the healing stuff. He's real interested in the Holy Spirit stuff. So he keeps on showing up to this pastor's group, and everyone knows after he's going to go out and do the same thing that night. So there's that, this guy in the group, and they go in the middle of reading Scripture that guy, the drug addict, goes, hey, hey, you Christians, it takes so long for you to get to the good part. <laughs> like, you got to do all this other stuff. You got to read so much scripture. And all what Jesus did is laid their hands on them saying, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And so the pastor goes, well, why don't you do it? And he points to the Baptist pastor. This guy goes, I will, touches his foot and goes, in the name, in the name of Jesus, be healed, And to the dismay of the Baptist pastor, his foot was instantly healed. (laughs) Um, uh, This pastor said, we never saw him again. (laughs) But his foot was healed. Um, But that's just how inappropriate the kingdom is. It's honestly, the kingdom is inappropriate and offensive at times. um, Because it uses people like me. And it uses people like you. You. Um, but it's always open and growing in those who are inappropriate enough to try. And not only try, but influence people along the way. And so those are two ways that I have learned to grow in the kingdom. You always have to be trying things, and you always have to be influencing others to try with you. Uh, A few more things I want to add on to that that's not in the scripture. Uh, The third thing, be weird, like, Be weird and be okay with it. Um, Jesus was super weird, right? They crucified him. He was offensive. And by be weird, I mean be supernatural. Here's the thing. It's easy for me to buy a poor person a, a, a meal. It's easy for me to listen to my sick brother and sister. But it's another thing to say, hey, also, can I pray for you and we see if the kingdom comes? Right? Be weird. Be supernatural. Take some chances. You were fell a lot, right? But join the game. We're a tribe of try, and we will fail, and we will succeed together. Um, the second thing, which I think is the most important, or the fourth thing, which I think is most important, um, that you have to know the soil of the kingdom is grace. Um, that means everyone is on an even playing field. Um, when I first prayed that prayer, um, you know, you guys have to sit down with me to know my whole story. My life wasn't sorted out. I was just un- inappropriate enough to think Jesus said to do this, so I'm going to do this, um, despite of where I was at, and I had tons of inconsistencies, inconsistencies in me. And here's the deal: um, I can think of a few reasons why Jesus would use me to grow in the kingdom and to bless people with the kingdom, I can think of a lot of reasons today why he wouldn't use me to do that, even more than I would on the good things. But grace, guys, we don't do it from our moral performance or whether you've read all your verses this week. In fact, I've learned it's, and this isn't all the time, but some of my driest moments in life, some of the times when I'm not pressing in the most, just through sheer obedience to praying for people, I see the most I see the most, and that's because I'm not relying on some inner righteousness in me or the good things I'm doing. I'm just totally praying for this person. I'm like, Jesus, nothing I can do here but outside of your grace. And I think Jesus is like, that's where I want you, buddy. That's where the kingdom breaks through. Paul said it's by grace through faith. And grace is the foundation. So no matter where you're out at, at today, and you may think, I can't do this, I can't pray for people in that way. Well, if you that you're the perfect person for that. Do you feel in like inappropriate and wrong? Well, you're well, you're well you're picked number one in the kingdom, guys. You feel inappropriate and wrong, you're picked number one in the kingdom. Because the soil is grace. And when you plant yourself in it, the kingdom grows, and it grows abundantly. And so as we end the day, the band can come up. Um, Guys, we're ministering the kingdom, and we're influencing others along the way. There's a few ways we do that here at Vineyard Springbrook for you to jump in. Um, We have core groups. And our, core, and our core groups do an I will every statement in which they're growing together. They're learning together. We're coming back and we're saying, hey, did you do that thing you were going to say this week? Nope, completely forgot. I may do it again next week. The second thing, all these prayer classes. Um, the reason for those classes, here's the deal. The people who showed up last time were four people. And two of them were me and Lindsay. <laughs> so that's half your staff. <laughs> and two other people. And I wouldn't be damned if the kingdom showed up. Right? And people who are learning the kingdom are learning with us. Here's the thing. One of the best ways to grow in the kingdom is find a tribe of try to find people that don't care if you fail, to find people that try things out, and that's one of the biggest reasons. Like, if you want to grow in the kingdom, if you want to get, if you want to feel that moment, and there's nothing like the moment of giving someone a word and then being like, oh my gosh, that relates to my life, and you're like, what? I can hear Jesus? Or you pray for someone, and they get better. And then you have those times where we're praying and listening to Jesus, and nothing happens. And guess what? You just keep on doing it. Because we're called to try. We're called to be faithful people. And so we have places that you can plug in here today. And, and honestly, guys, I would commend you. Come to our next prayer class. Like, the kingdom just shows up. And that's how I learned. I got with a group of people who were doing it, and I just listened. No one ever taught me, no one ever gave me this sermon of how to grow. Um, I just sewed up, and it just started happening. And that happens in the kingdom. You show up to something, and then the weird stuff starts happening. And so, show up to one of those. And so, as we end here today, um, we normally end with a praxis, but what I want you to end today is, um, I want you to define your try, because it takes one step. We have to be growing in the kingdom, we have to be doing something, we have to minister to someone, so we're going to take a moment, we're going to listen to the whole Holy Spirit, and when before you leave here, I want you to decide on what your try is. What's your try for this week? Who, who are you going to uh, take out to eat? Who are you going to listen to the Lord for? An example of how I do that, I'll wake up, I'll go through some of the people in our church uh, that has their names, and I'll just wait and listen. Jesus, do you have anything to say? Right? And so those are just ways to start leaning in. So define your try, and then after that, um, Lindsay will come and do communion. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kingdom. Jesus, I ask right now for us that are discouraged, um, for the people that may have heard a message like this for the first time and may have thought, well, that guy's insane. Um, God, I pray for those that are seeking and wondering if this Jesus thing is real. And for those of us, Lord, who have been in the faith, for those of us, Father, who have been working in your kingdom, I pray that your kingdom would come and break through. Jesus, help us to define a try. And Jesus, I just feel your pleasure over us. And I want to say thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.